Hey everybody, it's Andy. Welcome or welcome back to the Gwinnett Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, we would love it if you would take just a moment to download the Gwinnett Church app where you can have access to all of our recent message content as well as find out about what's going on around here at Gwinnett Church. And the app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. Most importantly, however, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey. So we are starting a brand new series, but uh, as we get into that today, I just want to ask you a question. Have you ever, have you ever had an experience, uh, maybe for yourself or listen to someone else's experience of something that uh, completely ruined that thing for you? Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, like maybe, maybe you uh, had eaten at a, a restaurant and you got really, really uh, sick. And now every time somebody mentions that restaurant, you're like, no, no. you know, like, it's like, like, no way. Like, I can't even think about it. Or honestly, like maybe you just heard that somebody else got sick there. Like if my wife has heard that anybody got sick at any restaurant, she's like, no, we're not going there. And so uh, maybe it was that maybe, maybe you, uh, you went somewhere and you got poor customer service or, or somebody was a little too pushy or, uh, it just made you feel uncomfortable and so you don't want to go back or you've heard that from a friend and they told you like, oh, it's not great. Like, don't go, don't shop from there. Uh, their customer service was awful. And so now you avoid them either based on your own experience or based on the reviews. Has that ever happened for you? I was thinking about in my own life, um, th- this has been true. I've had plenty of those experiences, but one, you guys, that stands out simply for the amount of time that it has continued. Um, it goes all the way back uh, to an experience that I had uh, on a ski trip. When I was in, uh, when I was in high school, uh, I was, I was uh, a turd. Um, I was, I was just trouble, you know, like I just, um, I, I, I was, I was polite. I was nice. And, but, um, but I also like had a group of friends that whenever we got together, we were just awful. And I had, um, my, my junior year, I peaked in turdness. And so, um, my, my junior year of high school, I was a mess. And, uh, and I can remember, you know, my mom, um, my mom was, she was active in the church and she just knew that I needed Jesus. She's like, or at least some good friends. Right. And so my mom, she told me, she was like, Hey, you're going to go on the church ski trip. And I was like, no, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? Like, and then she said, I'll take your truck away. And I was like, when do they leave? You know what I mean? Like, so I was like, all right, I'll go on the ski trip, you know? And so uh, I went on the ski trip and, and I was, I, I, I really didn't want to be there. I was trying to be, you know, the, the bad boy. I had this bad boy image. Like if you can even imagine that, right. You know what I mean? I was like, Oh, I'm so tough. And so I was like, I had this bad boy image that I was trying to uphold. You know, they're like singing their like Christian songs, like in the bus ride on the way up. And I'm in the back, like listening to Eminem. I'm like, yeah, you don't even know. You know what I mean? Like, so I had my headphones on. I was so bad. You know, I'd turn one just a little bit so they could hear how, you know, <laughs> yeah, these have explicit lyrics. And so I was like, you know, I was, I was trying to be tough. I was trying to be cool, you know, and, uh, and, and we got up there on the ski trip. And as we got there, you know, they're giving us the option. They're like, Hey, you can, you can ski or you can snowboard. Now I'd been skiing before. I knew that I could do that. Um, but again, I've got a bad boy image. And I was like, listen, I've got a snowboard. I've never done it before, but I've got to do it because this is like the time of the X games, right? I was like, I was like, you can't look like a bad boy doing this. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, this is not bad boy. I was like, I got to be tough. I got to look cool. I was like, I'm going to go snowboarding, you know? And so I said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to snowboard. I'm going to do that. And, uh, and, and I'm going to show these like goody two shoe kids, like how awesome I am. And, um, 
And so they give us our, you know, our stuff and they're giving us kind of like a little chat about it. Like, Hey, if you've never done this, you might want to try the bunny slopes. And I was like, I don't do the bunny slopes. I'm a bad boy. You know what I mean? Like I was like, I'm not doing the bunny slopes. The bunny slopes is for the youth group, middle school kids. And so I was like, I'm going to go. And I got up on the lift. I got my snowboard on. I'm going up to the top, you guys. And uh, when I got to the top, I started to second guess. You know what I mean? I was like, oh man, this is a big hill. And I have no idea what I'm doing. And so I was like, all right, I guess there's only one way down this hill, right? You know? And so I'm like, all right, here we go. And so I go and y'all, it didn't take me 10 seconds before I knew I had made a really poor choice. You know, I was going so fast and uh, this is in North Carolina. So that's called ice skating. And so I was like, (laughs) this is not powder. We weren't out like in Colorado, right? So I'm I'm like, and right about the point where I feel I've broken the sound barrier, I'm like, you know, I am flying and I'm realizing, oh my gosh, there's people in the way and I don't know how to turn. So I'm like, move, you know, and I'm moving. And then you get what's called when you go really, really fast on a board, it's called the speed wobbles. And so I got the speed wobbles and I'm like, oh no. And, and then I, I proceed to, to try to move out of the way of somebody. And y'all, I fell and I hit so hard. I thought my tailbone was going to come through my belly button. It was like, boom. And I was like, whoa, you know, and I, I look up and I realize I'm only a third of the way down the hill. I'm not even close to the bottom. I get up and I'm like, oh no. And so I proceed, y'all. I fall a dozen more times on the way down. I'm, I'm hurting. I'm hurting. And what made it even worse is I'm embarrassed because now by this time, all the youth group kids that went to the bunny slopes are whizzing by me like a tiny army of Sean Whites. It was like unbelievable. They're just, you know what I mean? And I was like, oh, and I'm so embarrassed and it hurt so bad. It hurt my pride and my rear end. I mean, I was, I was down for the count. I remember I didn't even make it all the way to the bottom. I just unbuckled and just slid it down and walked down in my boots and sat inside for the rest of the ski trip and just drank hot chocolate and tried to flirt with girls. But they were like, you're the guy, (laughs) you know? I was like, oh, right. And now, right, to this day, when people go, hey, man, like, do you want to go, like, snowboarding? I'm like, no, never, never. Because all I can think about, all that comes to mind, right, whenever, whenever the idea of snowboarding comes up is that painful, embarrassing experience. And all I can think about are those feelings, right? And I mentioned that, right? It's been 20 years since that. I was 17 when that happened. I'm 37, right? Like, like it's been 20 years and I have still not gone snowboarding again. And I say all that to say is, isn't it interesting, right? What you think about something, it affects how you feel about it and how you relate to it and whether or not you'll engage with it, doesn't it? The thoughts in your head, whether it was by experience, your own or someone else's experience that they left the review for you to read, what you think about something, it affects how you feel about it. And it affects how you relate to it and whether or not you engage with it, right? This is true with uh, experiences in life. This is true of people in your life. What you think about somebody whether from your own personal experience or through review of somebody else, like that they've told you about this person, right? Like what, what you think about somebody, it affects how you relate to them, doesn't it? And whether or not you engage with them and the depth of the relationship that you're gonna have and whether or not you're gonna give them a chance, 
right? If you, if you think of somebody as abrasive or aggressive or a bully, chances are you're gonna do your best to avoid them. If you think of somebody as loud mouth or gossipy, you're not gonna trust them with your most sensitive information. If you think of somebody as self-righteous or judgmental, you're gonna spend your time keeping them at arm's distance, which is why some of you haven't been to church in a long time because you ran into a Christian that, that met that description. If, if on, the, on the flip side though, if you think of somebody as kind and caring, chances are you're gonna want that person around. You're going to invite them in to your life. If you think of somebody as genuine, as honest, then chances are you're going to trust them with more, right? What you think about somebody affects how you feel about them, how you interact with them, how you relate to them, the type of relationship that you have with them. It impacts your trust. And y'all, I mentioned all that to say is that the same is true when it comes to God. Right? What you think about experiences and what you think about people affects how you relate to them. And in the same way, what you think about when you think about God is a really, really big deal because it affects how you relate to him, whether or not you trust in him, the type and the depth and the intimacy of the relationship that you have with him. As a matter of fact, there's, a, there's an old theologian. His name is A.W. Tozer. And he said this, In one of his books, The Knowledge of the Holy, he said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. He says, what comes into our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Now, regardless of whether you agree with that statement or not, the reason why A.W. Tozer is saying that is because he knows that what you think God is like impacts how you relate to him. The words that come to mind when you think about God, what you think his character is like, his attributes, how you would describe him, they impact whether or not, right? You, you trust him and have a growing relationship with him or whether you treat him like a good luck charm or whether you treat him as a myth and you easily dismiss him. What you think about God determines whether or not you run from him when you fail and fall short or you run to him. What you think about God determines whether he's the rock you build your life on or a myth that you dismiss, right? Like what you think about when you think about God, what you think he's like is a really, really big deal. And it has the power and the potential to impact how you live. What you think about God, what you think he's like, It has the power and the potential to to impact what you think about yourself, how you view your circumstances and your situations. And it has the power and the potential to impact how you view others and how you navigate this crazy thing we call life. And so you don't have to agree that that's the most important thing about you, but we all have to agree that what we think about when we think about God, it does impact our lives and how we choose to live and how we choose to treat one another. And so it's a big deal, which is why we're doing this series. The series we're calling it yesterday, today, forever, some things about God you can always count on. And in this series, what we're going to be talking about, you guys, are some attributes of God, right? Some things that Christians believe to be true about who God is and what God is like. We're going to talk uh, for the next few weeks uh, about uh, 
three attributes of God, three character traits of God and what uh, those attributes mean for our daily lives, right? So we're gonna, we're gonna mention this now. I, I said we're gonna do three and, and it's certainly not all the character traits of God, right? So there's three that we're gonna talk about because Andy gave me three weeks and then he's like, then tag me in, right? So like, so, but we're gonna talk about three Three that we think are really, really important, but we've also got a devotional that I'll talk more about at the end of the service that, um, that have some more attributes of God uh, for your uh, own personal meditation and consideration. And so uh, I'll tell you more about that at the end of the service today. But in this, in this series, we're gonna talk about three attributes of God that, that if they're true, and Christians believe that these are true, if they're true, then they have the power and the potential, you guys, to impact our lives. That if these things are true of God, they have the power and the potential to help us to live with more peace, with more hope, with more joy, with more courage, with more perseverance, with more love and with more grace, both for ourselves and for others. And so that's where we're going in this series yesterday, today, forever. We're going to talk about some attributes of God. And the first one that we're going to talk about uh, today as we're kicking off the series, uh, the first one that we're going to talk about is, is this one right here, is God's faithfulness. We're going to talk about God's faithfulness. All throughout, you guys, the, um, all throughout the Hebrew uh, scriptures, which we call the Old Testament in your Bibles, right? Uh, and, and also um, continuing on into the gospels and the letters that were written to all the churches, which in your Bible, we call the New Testament, right? All throughout the Old and the New Testament, we see people who encounter God or have experiences with God or people who actually spent time face-to-face with Jesus. We see when they sat down with their pen in hand to write down what they thought God was like, what their experience with God was like when they sat down to write a review for themselves, right? About who God is and what he's like consistently throughout the scriptures, you guys. What you'll see is that uh, when, when they're thinking about characteristics of God, the adjective that many of them use, the adjective that almost all of them use when describing who God is and what God is like is that word right there, faithful. Now, I don't want you to just take my word for it. As a matter of fact, I, y'all, just to be totally blunt with you, I don't ever want you to just take my word for it. I want you to go look for yourself. I'm gonna show you real quickly just a few of these people. And I want you, I wanna, I want you to see for yourself how they described who God is and what God is like from their own firsthand experience. I want you to read their reviews. This is what they say. This is, uh, this is what David said. David uh, was a, a king in ancient Israel, one of the most famous kings in all of ancient Israel. Um, he's someone who trusted and followed God. As a matter of fact, later he would be written and talked about as a man after God's own heart. And when David was reflecting about God, this is how he described him. He said, for the word of the Lord is right and true. He is faithful in all that he does. Continuing on. 
not just David, but Jeremiah, a prophet of God, right? Someone who spoke to the people on God's behalf when he was thinking about how to describe who God is and what God is like to a people that were living in exile. They'd been conquered, they're defeated. And he's wanting to talk to them about who God is. This is what he says. He says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed for his compassions never fail. He said, they are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. That song we just sung, that's where it has its roots. That's where it was birthed, was right there in Jeremiah's description of who God is and what God is like. He says, God is faithful. Continuing on, you got Peter. Peter's uh, one of the closest friends of Jesus, someone who spent time with Jesus, three years listening to him teach, watching him live, watching the miracles he performed, watching the, the promises that he made and then delivered upon. And Peter later in life, when talking to people that didn't get to spend time face to face with Jesus, when he's describing who he is and what he's like, this is what he says. So then those who suffer according to God's will should commit themselves to their faithful creator. He says, oh, he's faithful. I know it. I spent time with him. I saw him. He says, and continue to do good. Then later, John, John, the, the self-proclaimed in his own gospel, he writes, I was the beloved one of Jesus, right? Like the best friend of Jesus, the one who wrote and recorded and remembered Jesus saying, if you've seen me, then you've seen what God is like. John said, I'm telling you, I've spent time with him. And he said, if I've seen him, then I've seen what God is like. And let me describe him to you. When he was looking for the right adjectives, this is what he said. He said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and he's just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Later, Paul. Paul, who has an incredible experience with Jesus that ends up leading to his conversion from Jesus hater uh, to Jesus follower. It happens on this road to Damascus. You can read about it in Acts chapter nine. It's fascinating. He has this encounter with God that literally changes his life. And, and he, when writing to another group of Christians, he writes, and as he's describing who God is and what God is like based on his experience, this is his review. He says, the one who calls you is he's faithful and he will do it. He's faithful. So you can take that one down. A little preview. Different people, different experiences, different periods of time, all when they sit down to describe who God is and what God is like, they said, if I could pick an adjective, if I could pick an adjective to describe who God is and what God is like, they said, he's faithful. He's faithful. He can be trusted. He can be counted on. What he does, says he's going to do, he does it. And if he said it, you can believe it. You can take it to the bank. If he said he'll be with you, he'll be with you. If he said he won't forsake you, he won't forsake you. 
If he said he's for you, then he is for you. If he said he loves you, then he loves you. If he says you're forgiven, you're forgiven. If he says that you're invited, then you're invited. If he says you're accepted, then you're accepted. If he says he's coming back, he's coming back. He keeps his promises. Our God is faithful. And y'all, when I read that and I read their reviews and read their experiences, I think to myself, oh, if that's true, That's amazing, isn't it? If that's true, if that's what God is like, if he really is faithful, if he really can be trusted, then isn't that incredible? Isn't that amazing to know that there is one when all of us are faithless, when all of us do fail and fall short and don't come through on our word, that there is one that we can trust no matter what? Isn't that good news? Even if you don't believe that, can you imagine with me just for a second, even if you don't believe that or you struggle to believe that, can you imagine the difference it would make in your life if you did? Like, can you imagine just for a second, the difference that it would make in the way that you live if you were completely confident that God was faithful? Can you imagine the difference it would make, the confidence that you would have if if you knew that God was always, always with you? Can you imagine the peace that you would have if you were completely sure that God was never going to forsake you? Can you imagine the perseverance that you would, that you would build up if you were sure that God delivers on all of his promises? If you were, if you were able to truly trust in his trustworthiness, have faith in his faithfulness. Can you imagine the difference it would make in your life? I'm telling you, you would risk more and you would rest better if you were sure that, God, that this was true. And yet, can I just be real, real honest with you guys? I'm going to, I've got the microphone. If I can be totally honest with you, y'all, I talk about this and we sing about this But if I'm just being real with you, sometimes, y'all, this is easier to say than believe. Sometimes, y'all, I struggle. Let me be transparent with you. Sometimes I struggle to trust in God's trustworthiness. Sometimes I wrestle with having confidence in God's consistency. Sometimes, you guys, my faith wavers on his faithfulness. Sometimes I struggle. Sometimes it's when I look around the world, if I spend too much time on my news app, and I look around at so much uncertainty, economically, politically, socially, I wonder about the world that I'm bringing my babies up in. And it's easy to spiral, you know, fear, doubt, worry in the face of uncertainty in our world. And in moments like that, I find it difficult to trust in his trustworthiness. Is he really faithful? And then make it more personal. Not just when I look around at the world, but sometimes y'all, when I look at my life and things aren't going the way that I thought that they would, or the way that I think that they should. There's uncertainty, there's doubt. I'm in a season of waiting. 
and I can find myself playing the what if game. Anybody play the what if game? You ever play that game with yourself? What, what if it doesn't happen? What are we going to do? What if it does happen? What are we going to do? What if, what if I don't get the job? How are we going to provide? What if I get the job and now we got to move? What if my kid doesn't get in? What if, what if the test results come back positive? What if the test results come back negative? We've been trying for so long. What if it's negative? I don't know if my heart can handle it. What if, what if things change? What if they don't? What if it's always going to be this way? In those moments where we play the what if game, where we look at our lives and things feel uncertain, it feels shaky. I just am confessing at times it can be hard. I know that this is what people have said about God, but sometimes I struggle to believe it for myself. Chances are maybe you do too. Especially if you've faced something that you weren't expecting, you're in a season of waiting, or maybe you've had your trust broken by somebody that you thought you could trust. It is so easy to assume right or wrong, y'all, it's so easy to assume that God would do the same. So in, in the midst of all of that, how, 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 how do we trust that God is gonna be trustworthy? How can we have faith that he's actually going to be faithful? How do we build our trust? How do we build our faith in his faithfulness? How can we be sure that that's gonna be true for us. To answer that question in our final moments together, what I want to do is I want to take you to the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews, y'all, it's written in order, the purpose of the book is to strengthen some believers who had wavering faith. The whole purpose of the book of Hebrews is strengthening some believers whose faith was wavering. And so it's specifically written uh, to a group of Hebrew believers. These were Jewish people that put their faith in Jesus. But when they put their faith in Jesus, you guys, they thought things would get easier, but they actually got harder. They thought things would get better, but in a lot of ways, they actually got worse. You see, because they put their trust in Jesus and now all of a sudden they're facing persecution and they're being, uh, they're, they're being scattered and they're being run out of town and, and, and they're being kicked out of their homes and things like that. Some of them are being put in jail. And so in the midst of all of that, they're starting to ask the question, well, well can I really trust in God? Has my faith somehow been misplaced? Like, will he really come through? Is he really a faithful God? And they're asking that question and into that, into their mess, into that struggle, the author of Hebrews writes them and in order to encourage them, 
to not give up their faith, but to hold on because God is in fact faithful. And he builds this case, you guys, looking back at their history, looking back at the heroes of their faith, looking back at the lives of believers that have gone before them. The author of Hebrews builds this case that yes, you can in fact trust in the faithfulness of God. And so don't give up. And I want to show you right towards the end, the author of Hebrews kind of wraps up this case that they've been building. This is what they say. They said this. It's kind of their conclusion. This is the final chapter of the book. They said, keep on, keep on loving one another as brothers and sisters. Do not forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. So you've experienced miracles in your midst and you didn't even know it. So keep on going, continue. Continue to remember those in prison as if you were together with them in prison and those who are mistreated as if you yourselves were suffering. So the author of Hebrews is wrapping up their letter. They've been trying to encourage them not to give up on faith because God is in fact faithful. And as they're concluding their remarks, they're like, so keep going, right? They say, they say, keep on, don't forget, continue. Like keep going, keep holding on, like let's go, right? Like journeys in the background, don't stop believing. You know what I mean? Like, they're like, it's going, right? Like, they're like, keep going. Don't give up. Hold on. I'm telling you, it's worth it. This Christian life is worth it. Don't walk away from it. He continues, still building this case. He says, marriage, marriage should be honored by all in the marriage bed, kept pure. For God will judge the adulterer and the sexually immoral. Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. And so we say with confidence that the Lord is my helper and I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? The author of Hebrews, right? They, they are continuing going, don't give up. Don't quit. Don't let go. Keep trusting in God, right? Keep honoring God in your relationships. Honor God with with your body, trust God for your provision. That's what he's saying when he's talking about the marriage and the relationships and then the money. He's going like, honor God with your relationships. Trust God for your provision. He says, because he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And then he's gonna say, but if you have trouble trusting, when you have trouble trusting, when your faith feels fragile and you you find yourself wondering, yeah, but is he going to be faithful for me? He says, here's what I want you to do. He says, you keep holding on and I'll give you some advice to help. He says, remember, remember. Now y'all, I've said this to you before. I'll continue to say it as long as I'm the pastor here. I, I just want you to know, forgetfulness is an enemy to your faith. Forgetfulness is an enemy to your faith. When you forget what God has done, you will doubt what he will do. Forgetfulness is an enemy to your faith. And so the author of Hebrews says, hold on, hold on, hold on. And when you feel like letting go, remember, remember. And he points you to some things to remember. He says, remember your leaders. 
And when he's talking about your leaders, he's not just talking about like your pastor, like, like, like remember, you know, Andy Stanley or whatever. He's talking about like way, way in like, he's, he, he went way back. If you read through Hebrews, he goes all the way back to the beginning of their faith and mentions all of their leaders. He's like, remember Abraham, remember Moses, remember Noah, remember Jacob, remember I, he's like, remember all the people who trusted God before you. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. He says, remember their lives, remember their faith. And then he says this, he says, consider the outcome of their way of life. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. He says, I want you to think about the people in the past who had faith in God. And I want you to remember and consider the outcome of their life. Look back at their life and see if God didn't show up. Look back at their life and see the work that God did in them and the work that God did through them. Look back at their life and see the peace and the hope and the joy that was developed in them, even in the hard times. Look back and look at their faith and see if God didn't prove himself to be faithful. Look at the legacy that they've left and how God was faithful uh, to show up for them in their families and their personal. Look at them. He says, consider them. Consider the outcome of their life. Consider who they became and what God did. Imitate their faith. And then he says, because, here it is. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same. He says, so keep holding on, keep trusting in the trustworthiness of God. And when you struggle to trust, when your faith gets fragile, he says, I want you to look back on the lives of those who went before you, consider their faith, consider how God showed up for them and how he was faithful for them. And then remember that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if he showed up for them, he's gonna show up for you. And if he didn't forsake them, he won't forsake you. And if he forgave them, he's gonna forgive you. And if he loved them, he's going to love you. And if he walked with them, then he's going to walk with you. And if he showed up in their fire, he's going to show up in your fire. He says, remember them and how God was faithful. It's like the author of Hebrews is saying, when you struggle to trust, check his track record. When you struggle to trust, here's what I want you to do. Check his track record. Go back and read the reviews. Go back and read the reviews. Go check his track record. And I'm telling you, if you'll go back in the moments where your faith feels fragile and where your trust feels like it's gonna give way, he says, if you'll go back and look at the track record, God's track record speaks to his trustworthiness. If you'll go back and check the track record, what you'll find is you'll find him to be faithful. And so in moments where you're wondering, in moments where you're waiting, in seasons where it's hard and you're struggling, the author of Hebrews says, don't give up, go check God's track record. And what you'll find is that he's faithful. And if you'll go read the track record, if you'll go listen to the track record, if you'll go observe it and you'll see how God was faithful in the past, look, his past provision is the best indicator of his future faithfulness. His past provision is the best indicator of his future faithfulness. So the author of Hebrews says, go back, remember, check the track record, see how God was faithful in the past. It will help you to trust his provision in the present and it will give you hope for your future. Check the track record. He's 100% faithful. He's never failed. He's never forgotten. He's never forsaken.
and he's not gonna start with you. That's what the author of Hebrews says. He's not gonna start with you. You're not the anomaly. He says, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that's how you can trust in his faithfulness. You check his track record. And as you do, you allow that to stir up faith in his faithfulness and trust in his trustworthiness as you read the reviews. Now, there's a couple ways we can do that. A couple helpful things I wanna give you to help you uh, to stir up your own faith in God's faithfulness, to help you to check his track record. Just a couple tips to help you to check God's track record in your own life personally. Just a couple things uh, that you can do this week and throughout this year uh, to continue to observe the track record of God and allow that to build your own trust in his trustworthiness. One, read. Not more, but like more, you know what I mean? Like, um, go and read it. Go read it for yourself, right? Like, go and read about God's track record. I'll tell you a couple places you can start reading. Go read the Gospels and watch as Jesus makes promises and delivers. Ultimately, right, delivering on the most important promise, the foundation of our faith, where he promised, I will die and then I will be resurrected. And that will be the beginning of this entire movement. And you can go read about it for yourself. Go read about it. Go check it out. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, go read a gospel and see God's faithfulness in the lives of these men and women that spent time with him in the flesh. Or another place you can go and look is right there in the book of Hebrews. Go read Hebrews chapter 11. Go read Hebrews chapter 11. You don't even have to read the whole book. Just read Hebrews chapter 11. It's known as the hall of faith. And it talks about all these people that they put their faith in God and they were not disappointed. They put their faith in God and they found him to be faithful. Go and read about it for yourself. You can read the reviews and check his track record. So go read about it for yourself. And that is one way that you can build trust. Another way that you can build trust is to begin writing down your own experiences. I tell you this all the time. I keep, uh, I keep some journals around my, my house is like full of these like little moleskin notebooks. And I write down uh, moments where uh, I've experienced God, moments where God has answered prayer, moments where God has provided. I, I write down things in my life that I'm grateful for that I, y'all, had no part in creating in my life that I didn't pick or choose, but I was just blessed with. And I write those things down as reminders of the faithfulness and the provision of God in my life. And so some of you need to start keeping your own track record so that in moments where you doubt and you dismay and you wonder whether he's gonna be faithful for you, you can go look back at your own life and go, no, 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 he did it. I remember he did it that one time. I remember when he answered that prayer. I remember when he got, got us through that really lean season. I remember So I'm not gonna lose faith. So start to write it down for yourself. So read, go read these other people's reviews of God and then also go and keep your own, start writing it down. And then the other thing that we can do together as a community, you guys, is that we can recount God's faithfulness together. And the way that we do that, y'all, is through stories and songs. We share stories of God's faithfulness in our lives. We like to do this even in our small group. We'll, we begin and end our small group with times of stories where we praise and we pray uh, for one another. And so we share stories about things that have been going on in our lives and ways that God has shown up. And so you can share stories with one another in order to stir faith. And then also we sing songs. And if you've noticed all morning long, the songs have been about the faithfulness of God. That's on purpose 
because there's something about recounting together in a community and in a body that helps stir up our faith and to trust in his trustworthiness. Read it, write it, recount it. And in this way, you can check his track record and I believe that you will find him to be faithful. I don't know what you think about when you think about God, but I know that people who have walked with him, who have experienced him, people who spent time with Jesus face to face, when they describe who God is and what God is like, they say that he's faithful. And the author of Hebrews invites us today to check the track record for ourselves and find that also in our lives, he is faithful. And if we believe that, you guys, if we could somehow embrace that and come to trust in that truth, it would change the way that we lived. We would live differently with more courage, with more peace, with more perseverance, and we would rest easy knowing that our God is in fact with us. He is for us because he is faithful. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you that you don't keep us guessing about who you are and what, you, what you're like, but you've revealed it to us through the experiences of others that they've written down and now we have preserved in the scriptures. You've told us what you're like and you've, one of the things that you say about yourself and that others have said about you is that you're faithful. And we confess we wanna believe that, but sometimes we struggle and sometimes it's hard. So God, I just pray that right now as we sing and as we recount, would you stir our memories? Would you remind us today of the times where you've come through for us or you've come through in the lives of others? Yeah, would you remind us today of your faithfulness? Would you help us today to trust in your trustworthiness? We love you, we trust you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.
prayers back then and you 